0: ladies and gentlemen welcome to the wlg discussion lab podcast a platform initiated by wailing gallery where we share insights and hold conversations surrounding contemporary art Hello and good day everyone. Welcome back to the WLJ Discussion Lab podcast. Today we feature a very special painter from Vienna, Austria, Robert Schaberl. Wailing Contemporary had the pleasure to show his works in one of our international group shows, Aesthetics of Silence from August to October 2021. As a painter, Robert continuously challenges himself to discover a perfect combination of materials and forms to generate a meditative experience. His circular surfaces initiate transitions of colors when seen through various angles because to him, it is only through the experience of the viewer that his artwork can be fully realized. Curious? Let's hear from Robert himself. So hi Robert, how are you?
1: Hi, I'm fine. Hi Amanda.
0: Lovely to hear from you. So are you right now joining us from Vienna?
1: I'm at the moment in the studio in Vienna, yes.
0: Great, so going straight to the first question. As a painter, Robert, you are especially known for your technique of layering colors. So how did you first discover this special method and what made you adopt this process, this very unique process?
1: Okay, you know, when when I go back uh, in the late 90s, last century, I was more or less very, very much into oil painting. I was always as a painter, I had been very interested in material and also you know, always mixed the paint on my own. And in that series that I've done at the late nineties, uh, I more and more concentrated on surface of oil painting and like the surface somehow was close to, if you look at the record and I got so interested in how brushstroke can reflect light on the surface. Uh, but you know that that at that point I thought there must be a, a possibility to also create uh, surfaces that change color not only when light hits it but only also through the change of position that the color can change and I found out I was staying at this time three years in in, in Berlin and I more or less by coincidence, found this uh, in, in, in a painting shop. I found these interference pigments. Uh, they are pigments. They have no color on their own, but they have the ability of splitting up light when it hits the pigment. So it's like a microprisma that is made in a way that you know, like for example, um, blue uh, pigment uh, reflects blue light, but the pigment color is more or less beige or white. So it is really different than with oil painting. The the pigment has no color, but it has an ability of reflecting light. And to change this technique is, you know, I tried to first use this pigment with oil painting, but it completely did not work. So I tried to use uh, different kind of painting mediums. And I was working for almost half a year to find out the best material that I can use this uh, pigment with and I completely changed to acrylic. Because when you paint with acrylic thin down acrylic paint, you can you're know, more or less endlessly, endlessly put layers over each other. So for me, it was really, really fantastic to more or less uh, change to this technique and develop a new one.
0: Thank you so much, Robert, for explaining about your process. Now, when I was researching about your works, I came across some information regarding your practice by the Albertina Moderna Museum, describing the art of vibration in your work. So can you explain how you achieve this unique, what they call vibration, through your choices of colors? Yep,
1: yeah, the, the choice of colors is when when, when I prepare painting, I really more or less have to strictly pre planned it, so it's not coincidence painting, it's really pre-planned. And the, as you, as you said, the uh, art of vibration, uh, to me, I w- it's so important to more or less achieve colors on the painting that uh, change. I, I always use the term of it's, it's like a painting that breathes, you know, it expands and then goes back again. So sometimes I, I create these colorings, and when you shift as a as a, a viewer, you go to the side. This coloring expands. So it's not something static. It is always uh, something that moves. So also the painting, the surface, and the appearance uh, has to move. It's vivid, and it's not you know just the same from wherever you look at it. It's something that involves the viewer to experience it and that gives uh, a kind of vitality.
0: Wow, how interesting. Well, let's talk a bit more about the interaction between the viewers and your artworks. How would you describe the experience that you hope your audience to feel when viewing your works?
1: Uh, to, to me, it's, that, that's more or less the main thing is that the, the viewer has to be part of the painting. The viewer has to move. And, you know, for me, it's the, the most precious thing if I see viewers in front of the pieces and they're captured by the painting and want to explore it. So they go there, look closely, then they see something different than they have seen before from a distance. So they, they move away again. And it's this active process uh, that, that to me, is the most rewarding thing to see. And as you mentioned, like the... Uh, Painting that it was now shown in the Albertina Modern. I sometimes went there, just sat on the side, and just watched, just watched uh, how people that have not seen my work before they interact with it. And this is a really, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. I love it. And if you don't do that, if you don't, uh, if you are not active in, in in you know get this kind of perception and see see the painting, then you only see just one slot of it, one part. It's not like a photo that more or less from all sides look the same. It's, it's, it's a painting, not just one, it's always hundreds of different paintings where you depending on where you are and where you stand.
0: Thank you, Robert. How unique it is that your paintings evolve as viewers move around them. And talking about evolving, how do you think you have developed as a painter throughout the years? Of course, we see a very clear consistency in your work in which you always emphasize on the form of a circle and also the layering of pigments. But perhaps you have experimented with them differently over the years from one series to another. Can you tell us a bit about this uh, evolution?
1: Oh, look looking back you know it's to me always uh, it's a fascinating thing to create colors that that do not exist in real life like when when you do a painting and the painting is blue and red at the same time it's it's not just one painting it's it's something vivid and in, in with my newer pieces, I try to even get more of that into it because like in, in the 2000-2010 in this series that I've done, the, it was about the, the brightness and depths. It's like color lakes, color lakes that reflect with the shiny surface where you, when you look at the painting, you see, you, your eye dives in, but the reflecting surface of the painting uh, shows you then immediately there's the end of the space, there's, there's the beginning of the painting. And this is like a little mirror, but the, the, the eye always sees in space. It sees depth and with the new ones, with the new series I do, it's, it's also this kind of three feeding. I love it when the painting reaches out in space. When you move in front of it, the, the painting does, does not really look flat. You know, people ask me sometimes, is it really flat? And then I say, go to the side and see it. And you see it's a normal canvas painting. But if you move, then you always think it shifts out or goes in. And this is what is, yeah, what's really, it's a big turn on for me now. And I'm very concentrated on that in, in, a, in a recent series.
0: Alright, now going back to the exhibition, Aesthetics of Silence was named and curated in response to Suzanne Sontag's essay and her concept of silence. As she wrote every era has to reinvent the project of spirituality for itself, and that in the modern era, one of the most active metaphors for spiritual projects is art. Do you agree with this concept, and is that also how you see your practice? Do you also see art as a form of spirituality, maybe meditation, or a medium to connect to something that's otherworldly, something that's beyond physical?
1: Art can be so so diverse, it can be political, but m- to me it's more interesting that part of the meditative part, the spiritual part, but it's, though it's concrete art in, in, a, in a general, you know, way you could name it or put it, um, this part is, is very important to me because the creation part is a very long process and very focused. And I love to achieve it, that the painting gives it back to the viewer, this kind of you know capturing uh, the the eye, but also the brain and, and the heart. It's something it should, for me, it should be also capturing the emotional side of the viewer. As, as you know, colors always have a kind of meaning. Uh, when I think of blue, It's blue has this dimensions of, you know, visual experiences of sky, water, all these different things that that is programmed in your brain. And from that, also from this resource, when you look at an art piece, uh, you start to combine with it. So this emotional thing is is, is important. And yes, it is a very meditative thing. Yeah.
0: I agree with you and I feel that the meditative aspect of your painting is not only found in your own process as the artist of making it, but also the experience of the viewers when they look at your paintings, as you said, from different points of view.
1: To to, to do one of these central form paintings it, it takes up to two months to finish one. And it's wow. a long, a long process that goes into it, a lot of time and a lot of concentration and for me it's 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 wonderful if i see viewers also you know their attention being captured and spending time with the painting on their own without questioning it's it's you know going through their own experience in in in, in approaching the piece and and you know it's it's a mental thing you you only see it when you're curious when you open eyes then then you you take your your part is also put into the painting to see it
0: well thank you so much robert for answering our questions and as the last question for today's discussion and this is probably a much lighter topic we're just curious what kind of studio environment inspire you to create your paintings
1: <laughs> uh it, it you know really depends on which part of the process of the piece i'm in like when I do the preparation, I always do everything more or less by myself. You know, I do stretch a canvas by myself and do prepare it and do ground it, prime it. Uh, And during that process, I love to have, you know, energetic music. It could be pop, jazz, uh, but it has, it needs power. But when I start to do the painting process uh, and do the first layers, it's, it's a lot of concentration. And then I love it, quiet silence because when you do you know i rotate the paintings i have these platforms where the paintings are on and i have this long table where i'm laying on and I, the process is not on, on 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 the wall it's it's on these rotating canvases that i rotate by my hands and the only thing then what you hear is you hear just the brush on the canvas and that's really soothing i love that and when i also when i feel like I, I, I need music i like baroque music but for example uh, i also love like bach because this is really you know it puts you in a completely different mental stage like the violin sonatas they you know you don't hear anything around it's it's out of time and and this uh this situation is for my concentration, it's, it's very important. I love that, you know, to be focused and just do the work. It flows.
0: Interesting. Well, Robert, we really appreciate you sharing with us today about your work. Is there anything else that you would like to say to our listeners here? I mean, since it's the first time that you are showing in Malaysia, perhaps there's something you would like to say to our Malaysian audience?
1: For the viewers that don't have a chance to come to see the show. They could also see some videos that I've done on, you know, how videos in the studio of my paintings to give, you know, to give more or less an idea how they change. And the videos can all be found on my uh, YouTube channel. It's Robert Jabba YouTube. And if you like, you know, you can add that. So viewers can also see it. In, in a kind of movement without being there.
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was Robert Shabel on his unique experimental and meditative approach in painting. Thank you again Robert, for joining us today and take care.
1: Thank you to the listeners for your time to listen us and thank you Amanda, for the time and all the great questions. Thank you. Bye bye.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. On our next episodes, we will be sharing more topics related to art and collecting. So be sure to follow us to find out more. See you!